Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with Anna Fenton and me, Jim Gould. And on Back Chat this morning, we're talking about uh, facilities for artists and art enthusiasts. Uh, that's with the opening of a new extension to the Oil Street Art Space uh, in North Point. Uh, the new extension is uh, a two-storey uh, building at the art space and a number of uh, new exhibitions uh, are going to be uh, opened there. The idea is uh, uh, they want to turn the facility uh, into, uh, this is according to the Leisure and Cultural Services Department, a cultural landmark uh, in Hong Kong with the community art and leisure space. Uh, we have with us in our Admiralty studio uh, John Batten, president of the International Association of Art Critics uh, Hong Kong. And also um, on the line, we have uh, Elaine Ung, a multimedia artist and founder of the Fabric Lab. And also um, Helen So, uh, the lead for arts and culture at the Our Hong Kong Foundation. Um, good morning to you all. Uh, perhaps, um, John Batten, if we could go to you first. Um, um, thanks for coming back to Radio 3. Heard you uh, earlier speaking on our Hong Kong Today programme. Uh, um, if, if I could just summarise, um, you were saying that you weren't very impressed with the, the, the lack of public input into the development of the new extension, but you were happy with the way uh, uh, the creators uh, ran the space. Yeah, that's basically true, Jim. The, it, it, it seems that this facility was organised by the Architectural Services Department. What, what is it, John? Can you oh, just explain yeah. a bit? Yeah, I explained this morning that it's in its extension to the to a heritage building called the uh, heritage building that was formerly the the old Hong Kong Yacht Club, um, which was built in just after the or during the the First World War, and the Yacht Club uh, occupied that site until about 1938, I think, and then the the land in front of it was reclaimed, and then the the uh, government supplies depot was put there. And then in the 1990s, that site was uh, to be sold. And as I explained this morning, it, it's a, actually a very uh, emotive site for Hong Kong artists because in the 1990s, when the government supplies depot moved, all that accommodation became very, very, very cheap for a period of 18 months as interim rental accommodation. <clears throat> and the... Uh, burgeoning art groups such as 1A Space use that to start their own programming. <clears throat> so the, the site has um, uh, great significance in the... In, in, in the, the what what the happened then? They got kicked out? And that explains why uh, the Leisure and Cultural Services Department mm -hmm. have what is called OI, um, or Oil Street, mm -hmm. uh, which is based in those old red brick buildings, the heritage buildings. And the new, the new building is basically a square box uh, designed by Architectural Services Department with no input from the curatorial staff. So it's basically a square box with glass walls, which is not very appropriate for a, an exhibition space. However, as I said this morning, the programming uh, done by the staff at Oil Street is excellent. And I, th I think now they've been given the facilities, they will make the, the best of what they've been given, but they will try very hard to do uh, good programming. Mm. OK. Um, Helen So, good morning to you. Morning, morning. morning. So, so have you had a chance to have a look at this uh, new extension to the art space? 
No, I haven't yet because, um, yeah, no, it was, I think it was open, open May 24th, and, yeah. but, but I, I've been informed and I guess, like, I know, I know that the Oil um, Street Extension art space is, is, you know, set out to be, you know, a more community art and leisure space um, and, um, you know, like Jim mentioned. Um, I think I, I, I mean, from what Jim mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned John. about, you know, there's, there's some uh, stuff that, that work that mm. has been going um, under the Ar Ar Architectural Services Department versus the LCSD, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess this exactly is what, you know, the research that we've been doing on cultural policy um, is about. So, you know, the whole sort of Hong Kong culture and creative industries, there are 11 sectors under this sort of culture and creative industries in Hong Kong. And it's sort of divided into different policy bureaus, the Home Affairs, which uh, LCSD is under, versus the, you know, the CEDB. And, um, you know, for, for, for a very long time, this has caused, you know, siloed effects. And I guess this is just a reflection of what you know, Jim perhaps mentioned. That, that was John, you know, that, not Jim. Oh, jo John, it's okay, sorry. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I mentioned about, yeah. about the, the, the sort of the different um, government agencies, not, yeah. you know, that they're a bit siloed, the, the dialogue um, or, or the synergies weren't able to be um, created, you know. So, um, but I haven't had a chance. I haven't had the chance to visit it yet. Okay. Um, Talking yeah. about the government structure, I mean, we've got a reorganisation coming up. Uh, we'll have a new uh, a culture, sports, and tourism bureau. Um, do you uh, are you optimistic? Do you think that's going to help in terms of formulating arts policy and uh, you know taking it forward? I definitely think uh, this is you know the objective. This should be the objective mm -hmm. for um, this new cultural, tourism, sports bureau, and um, you know to, to take it forward you know, with, with um, the advent or the um, opening of the, the, of the many different sort of state-of-the-art um, um, spaces, art spaces in Hong Kong, you know, with, with um, you know, West Kowloon, Oil, um, um, art, Oil Street art space. I think there's, there's um, we should have a more sort of strategic and um, uh, policy blueprint on mm. Hong Kong's future cultural and creative industries going forward and this is for sure something that the new bureau has to think about and i really do hope and and obviously because our research we often talk and engage with a lot of you know stakeholders from 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 the uh, from the sector and it seems to be you know a, um, uh, an important wish for everyone to see that you know to see that the new bureau they, they are committed to um a, a, a more long-term and strategic um, development. So, so this, com this conversation's only been going on since 2002, I think. Um, so w what do the artists want? Do they want places they can exhibit to sell their art or do they just want to show it? What, what do the artists want? I think it's different in different places, Anna, and I think that's a good question. Um, I read the report that you did, Helen, and... Um, uh, it, it's a lot of words, but it was very broad brush, broad brush recommendations. The the issues I find with the arts policy in Hong Kong is that basically we 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 don't have a can-do attitude. It, it is full of bureaucracy, and and your report uh, um, combining home affairs and and the economic um, department basically is just rejigging 
uh, a broken record. Yeah, it's been going on forever, hasn't it, yeah, John? And, and it, it's not helpful. What we need is micro analysts of, of what we need. So actually, as I tried to explain this morning, um, this facility, for example, is um, a, another leisure and cultural services department facility. And the, the landscape in Hong Kong is dominated by government arts venues. These are exhibiting venues. And the, the, what young artists, when they, they need, when they come out of art school, they don't need big spaces. They don't need big budgets. They just need a space to show art. And so you have, for example, a small community facility called Art and Cultural Outreach in the Fuduk building in, in Wan Chai, commonly known as Arco. And they have two or three spaces there, which are basically 20 feet by 10 feet for artists to do an exhibition. And, and it's all sorts of exhibitions because they're allowed to be dirty. They're allowed to build a wall. They're allowed to, to sleep overnight and, and, and set up a show. And LCSD doesn't allow any of that. It's so bureaucratic and so so, so, John, could we look at the Shanghai model? I can't, the name escapes me, but there's a huge area there where it's just warehouses full of artists. Is that what we need? Uh, well, no. What we need is variety. What you mm. mean, we need diversity. So another, mm. another aspect to this is artists, and when I talk artists, I mean any sort of artist, any creative person, they need two simple things to be creative. One is time and one is space. Cheap space and enough time to think up an idea and then bring it to fruition. Okay, okay. Um, uh, let's bring in uh, Elaine in, in just a moment because I'd like to go back to uh, Helen So because I, I know you can only stay with us until uh, 20 past, but, uh, but uh, uh, your report does talk about as well uh, setting up a new cultural agency and uh, you mentioned that uh, RTHK could play a role in that. Can you just uh, elaborate a little bit? Yes. Um, so we actually looked at um, the cultural policy sort of structures mm -hmm. from um, different, you know, uh, regions and um, countries around the world. And, um, you know, we looked at South Korea as a successful, you know, um, cultural soft power model. Um, in, in South Korea's cultural ministry of culture, sport and tourism, they have four very clear components. One is um, of you know, traditional arts and culture. So in Hong Kong, this would be comparable to you know, HAB's cultural portfolio. The second is creative industries, so of cultural content. And this could be comparable to um, Hong Kong's CDB uh, portfolio on creative industries. The third component is of media and broadcasting. The fourth is copyright. So they have four very distinct um, spelt out departments under their cu cultural policy portfolio um, in South Korea. And we're, we're, we're just asking the government to consider in this government reshuffling exercise, um, would it be timely for Hong Kong to think about, you know, obviously integrating part one and part two, the traditional arts and culture and creative industries. This has been said, right? So this is not new. But mm -hmm. on top of that, if we are to build an industry out of arts and culture and a, a cultural creative industry that thrives and sustains in Hong Kong, we must think about, you know, in this digital age um, specifically, we need to think about, you know, the, the, 
discussions on you know cultural IP the, the um, and you know if we want to if we want the works of our local artists and creatives to be able to sort of you know to export out so um, to, 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 to be far-reaching and impactful. So um, you're actually talking we, about selling art, aren't you? Let's cut to the chase here. We're not talking about putting it in... Um, putting it well, in. showcasing, showcasing mm. is for sure very important. Cause, um, showcasing. And then what happens... You know, showcasing is very important. And supporting artists to be able to think through their work to create content. <laughs> to develop their content, to experiment ideas, to showcase their work, and ultimately, you know, for their work to be appreciated by a larger market, I guess, is what we want. But is this for. really the job of the government to do this? I think the government has to facilitate, you know, the partnerships between, mm. um, you know, uh, local emerging artists, finding, you know, obviously finding space for them, uh, allowing... Um, room for them to experiment their ideas. This is this is definitely something the government needs to think about and can support at the early stage, and to facilitate them to reach you know what I mentioned at the at the end, which is you know being able to push their works out for a greater appreciation. Mm. Doesn't from, this from treating it treating it like an injury an industry sort of have I don't know a whiff of sausage factory about it really? Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare it to a, a factory, but, um, um, I just think, you know, ultimately the end game of why we, uh, why we do the research that we do is obviously because we would like to see, um, more people engaged within the arts and creative sector in Hong Kong and you know, a pathway for these local arts creators mm. to to stay on on, on this career. Mm. And I, I think stay that's creating. I think, Helen, well, that's a bit mm. simple. I, I think to say engage is so broad brush; it's meaningless. You know, the 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 the, the question is not all our artists want. You know, they are creative; they do things, and some want to sell. You know, that is an outcome. And I, I, I think you, in your report, you, you've brought these 11 different types of industry, ranging from advertising to musicians, and you've lumped them all together. But actually, the outcomes are, are different for, say, a writer, a, lit, a, a, a fiction writer, to a digital content, content producer. And in your report, you highlight that 44% of cultural workers uh, are made up of or or, or, or um, sorry, the the amount of money produced. Uh, I said, I, yeah, in my report, I said that out of the eleven sectors, the sector within these eleven sectors that's contributing the most to uh, the culture and creative industries GDP in Hong Kong comes from the uh, interactive media, exactly. computer games, and yes. software. Uh, uh, component, yes. which you can find. It's public information. Exactly. No, this is right. So so the, the, the point is, these are people producing things for clients. This is industry. This is doing something because we want to have a little video on our app, for example. 
Now, that's fine. That's great. But not all art and creativity is like that. I think another point is, for example, you, you highlight $1.3 billion is spent on our public museums. And I would say, okay... John, that's but, managed culture, isn't it? Managed exactly. Culture. That is managed culture. That is exactly right. But there is never any kind of let's look at what we're doing and is that what we, what we need and want. As I've said, most, most exhibitioning facilities for visual art is now run by LC, LCSD, whereas artists don't want that. They want a dirty space. They can build something and show something because they're young and they're innovative and they want to make a mistake. So you've got a, 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 a distinct um, a, a misallocation of budget to these big things, whereas in, in many ways we want little things. Okay. Uh, 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 Helen, so just before we speak to Elaine, um, uh, would you like to respond? Um. Uh, I think well noticed, uh, we should we yeah, should also yeah. we should also point out, of course, as well that uh, that Hong Kong is uh, is under the national five-year plan, um, as uh, with um, uh, you know it's going to be uh, the idea is to develop it into a hub for arts and exchanges between uh, China and the rest of the world. I think what the report does oh, let, highlight... Helen, 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 Helen So's got to go. She has to leave at 20 past, so just give her the chance to, to respond. No, I, I, just, I just think, you know, our report just wants to build an industry for, um, for arts and culture, arts and culture mm. going forward. Okay. And, um, and actually, going back to the 11 sectors, it's, it's the definition, actually, of the culture and creative industries in Hong Kong. So... I didn't make up those 11 sectors and, you know, um, and we, we, are, we definitely encourage for arts and culture creatives to experiment and get things wrong. I cannot agree more because I'm actually a musician myself <laughs> for undergrad. So, so I study music. So I know about, you know, getting things wrong, you know, experimenting and just, just you know, spending time on with, with your own thoughts and okay. your creativity. So I cannot agree more. But at the end of the day, I would like to see, just just like we mentioned, we want diverse creative talent. And in, in such a digital age, can we not entertain the idea that, you know, local arts and culture, creative artists, um, literary writers, maybe, some, I'm not saying all of them, but there's an option for them to collaborate more um, organically with people with uh, from the other 10 sectors under the... Is, isn't okay. that going okay. to be like... Right. Well, we, we better say, uh, we better say thank you to, uh, to Helen now. Uh, thanks very much for speaking to us on the programme this morning. That was uh, Helen So, the lead for Arts and Culture at the R Hong Kong Foundation. And at this point, we should bring in uh, Elaine Ung. Um, um, sorry, <laughs> thanks, for keep, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, um, Elaine Ung, good morning to you, multimedia artist and founder of The Fabric Lab. Morning, everyone. So, what, um, do you, what do you make of what, we, what, what we've heard so far, and, and, and what do artists uh, need and want from your point of view? I mean, I can agree with John Moore because I think the art scene in Hong Kong, from what the general public's been seeing, it's a little bit too glamorous for an artist. Sometimes I felt, you know, um, all the big art shows, but it's sort of the little art shows being neglected, and and that's not enough sort of support. And when and as I I'm I'm not attached to any gallery and 
and sometimes it's actually really difficult to exhibit as such because you're not really involved. So, um, Elaine, what do you do exactly? What's your creative output? That, that's also a very good question because a lot of people get confused with that. Um, I, I'm a multi-diverse uh, sort of artist, uh, but I'm, I specialise in textiles. Um, I, I made an uh, interactive art sculpture, but also run a, a textile consultancy that specifically developed materials for brands. Uh, it's called the Fabric Lab. Um, but because my work is so diverse, um, that actually I felt it makes it a little bit difficult for Hong Kong to accept that I'm not just specialised in one thing. Um, so are you trying to be commercial or do you just want people to appreciate what you do? I, I have a commercial hat. I mean, I have to pay my rent and bread and butter, but at, at the same time, um, I do leave time to make creative work. Okay, now going back to the point that we were talking about with Helen and, and John about bringing together all these diverse elements, isn't that just in practical terms like herding cats? It's just not going to happen. Well, I, 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 I think um, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not really sure if, if it will really happen. I mean, in a way, I've, I've moved to Hong Kong seven years ago um i when i first moved to hong kong i found it really difficult to to sort of engage in um in, in into the art scene or, or emerge myself into the art scene um because i just find it really difficult to, to get through I, I mean in the last couple of years i've only met a few good friends i mean a few it's been none um but i, I i'm not finding there's a lot of public programs that encourage a lot of cross-sector or because I'm not a specifically a painter or a sculptor, um, then I'm not invited to very specific things. But I do try to go to meet as much people as I want. So you've got to be a self-starter with yeah. all of this? Well, I, I, I felt it more like that way, yeah. But also uh, meeting people is really important. I mean, that I've met some really amazing people to introduce me to all different artists. So, so, John, do you think there's enough support for artists uh, like Elaine, who uh, who are not necessarily of the mainstream? You know, support is different at different phases mm. of your career, of your life. And, you know, Elaine has just pointed out a very small little thing, which a, a bureaucratic report like the our Hong Kong Foundation hasn't talked about, and that is the, the camaraderie and the 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 expertise and the mentoring that is needed by young artists or young young creatives mm -hmm. and this is very important and hong kong has a very strange art scene it's dominated by the universities here and anyone who who comes into hong kong is seen as an outsider by those those graduates oh. from those art schools and it's going to be very snobby believe it or not and you know the you know, making friends is very important, and it's a small thing. You know, a bureaucracy doesn't provide that. Support is different. So money, monetary support, we have a lot. But I worry because one of the um, aspects that we, we're trying to figure through at the moment is that really the only discretionary funding out of a $6 billion arts budget is the $150 million that goes that is allocated to artists by the Arts Development Council. 
And this is all up in the air after the protests where, you know, as RTHK well knows that there is a lot of concern and uh, about controlling budgeting now. So um, support, as I said before, time and space is the best support. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Elaine, so did you say you moved here seven years ago? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Was it, was, it, uh, uh, was it a good decision? No, I think so. I'm, I mean, Hong Kong is a, a, a very diverse city and there's a, a lot of... It attracts a lot of different businesses and, and I wanted to start in my own studio. I was sort of deciding between I should I stay in London or in Beijing or come to Hong Kong. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Hong Kong is a free port and it's easy to you know, ship the artwork in and out and all that and and there were a lot of um art exhibition developing then. So it's it's exciting. It's still a very exciting place. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think it's just making friends in, in the art scene has been quite difficult. I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to hide <laughs> from that because I I think I, I rented my own studio in a industrial building, but it would be nice, as John said, if there is like more sort of space for um, people with similar mindset and the important is conversations and that's where ideas start to develop and collaboration starts. And I think there's so many talented artists, individual artists, uh, that still stay behind closed door working individually um, that I haven't met yet um, and I've only really sort of uh, communicating through social media with them at the moment. Mm. So I, I thought that's a bit of a shame. Uh, um, Elaine, it, it's John, John here. So you, you've linked in with with uh, Chet out at Chunwan. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to talk about that? Uh, what, what is that? Chet is a. Um, it was set up by Nan Fung, the the it's now a property company, but it, it it made its early money by being the world's biggest textile manufacturer in the nineteen fifties and sixties. They've uh, preserved the factory building, and it's a fantastic place to visit with either children, anyone goes, and the, you can see how cloth is made and how fabrics are made. And they have a contemporary art program there based on textiles. And So, so what's your question? My question is to Elaine, like there is something in her related area. Has that been helpful, Elaine? Um, if I have to be very honest, I mean, Chet please, is a please fantastic be place, uh, fantastic place, and really great for uh, visitors, and they bring a really fantastic international program. Has it been program. helpful for you? Uh, not Chat in particular, um, because I have not involved in any of their program. Um, but with the same building, they they have an incubation uh, center called Fabrica. Um, that's more of like for entrepreneurs uh, to develop ideas. So on that division, yes, that's been been helpful to to, to my studio. Okay. But, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. On, on that note, uh, yeah, we'll have to bring the program uh, to a close because it's uh, half past nine. But uh, thank you very much for joining us, uh, speaking to us uh, on Backchat this morning. That was uh, Elaine Ung, a multimedia artist and founder of the Fabric Lab. Thanks very much to John Batten, president of the International Association of Art Critics uh, Hong Kong, and uh, thanks uh, earlier to Helen So, the lead for arts and culture at the Our Hong Kong Foundation. Um, have a few more emails from listeners, but they'll have to wait until tomorrow.
tomorrow. Um, quick look at the weather before we go to the uh, news summary and morning brew. Uh, also, thanks very much to our producer, Yuki Jung, and thanks to you, Anna. You're welcome. So today it's going to be uh, mainly cloudy with a few showers, mist patches uh, 